0: Picture this, it's a pitch black October night and you're huddled in the darkness surrounded by whispered tales of ancient sorcery and restless spirits. But what if I told you that the age old tradition rooted in Celtic mysticism evolved into the modern day phenomenon we know as trick or treating? Today we're embarking on a journey through time to unravel the captivating history and evolution of Halloween. From the enigmatic rituals of our ancestors to the sugary treasures children covet today. This is a story that spans centuries and continents. Welcome to the fascinating story of Halloween's hidden past. Back in time, before the advent of electric lights, we find ourselves in the midst of a gloomy late October night, where the landscape is shrouded in inky darkness among the hushed whispers of the townsfolk There's a collective understanding that this is the season of sorcery when the spirits of the departed will rise from their graves to hover just beyond the hedges. Halloween has been a tradition in the United States for more than a century. However, most are unaware of its origin story. Today, we will explore that origin and its associated stories. You're listening to Put him on the couch. Halloween edition. <laughs> Have you seen the ghost of John, long white bones with the skin all gone, Ooh, it's Jason McCoy. I'm back for a spooky edition, the history of Halloween, alongside my co-host and confidant, Nelson Boyer. Oh yeah, a little spooky something for you.
1: Hell oh, yeah, buddy, so today we're talking about Halloween. Huh? Let's put it on the couch. Let's do it.
0: I don't think you have any notion of the true
1: strengths and depths of the opposition to our work. There's a whole medical establishment, of course, baying to send Freud to the auto da fe, but that's as nothing compared to what happens when our ideas begin to trickle through in whatever garbled form they're relayed to the public. The denials, the frenzy, the incoherent rage... Halloween. The macabre, ghost, ghoulies, kids be for goblins. All, what are your kids going to be?
0: And I think my daughter's going to be Messe, Lionel Messe. Sure. My son is going to be a, well, he's going to be a scary clown. But honestly- Like an it? He believes, yeah. He, he okay. calls it Pennywise. But honestly, I think I his costume is scarier than Pennywise. All right. Yeah. And I think the fact that he's so little and he's standing there in that outfit with that mask, it makes it even creepier. Uh, now me-
1: yeah, you didn't tell um, me.
0: My wife and I will probably do something. Are back the Trump costume? Honestly, I don't, I don't think so. Honestly, what I've always done is kind of a last minute, last 24, 48 hours, pull something together. Willy Wonka, by the way. I didn't oh, tell you about this. Oh, yeah. About 10 years ago, when my wife and I were just married, we went to a party here in Wilmington. It was at an old, like, warehouse down near the, the shipping docks. What is it called? The port?
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Never been down that way. Certainly never been to this warehouse. When I was looking for it, I swear to you, I couldn't find it. Couldn't believe that was the home of a party that I'd paid $20 to enter. But I came home after work that day in anticipation of taking my wife to this party and a couple of my friends who were going to go with, with us and didn't have an outfit. But I said, you know what I think I want to do? I think I want to make a couple of like little golden tickets. And I want to make a Willy Wonka outfit. And I want the cane that he walked with. And I want it all. My wife's like, how are you going to do that? Went out in the yard, cut a limb off of a tree and started whittling it with the, the knife my granddad had given me when he passed away. Did you just say whittle? Whittle.
1: Wow. You're check South this out. Showing. Yeah, dude.
0: And check this out. Um, I had a velvet purple jacket already. Um, I had an old wig or my wife had one. We went to one of these Halloween stores that pops up, you know, the week before Halloween. And I found a hat, a top hat that worked perfectly for Willy Wonka. And then we saw it. A giant blow-up blue girl. Yep, you guessed it. Violet Beauregard. Blueberry. My wife was Violet. We came home and painted her face blue. And it had a little battery-powered pack in it with a fan. It kept her cool that night as we were dancing and partying. And she blew up like a 500-pound, maybe a 1,000-pound earth ball.
1: That's awesome.
0: And she was so big and couldn't fit anywhere as we walked around that night. But she and I danced while hundreds of people stood around us that night. We didn't realize it was the Halloween costume contest that was going on. And the dance was something extra that we did. She got a little embarrassed or went off to get another beer, and I kept dancing. I've got photos and video of this. And, I mean, I was flipping the cane. I was spinning it on the floor and dancing around it, and it was like the centripetal force was keeping it spinning. <laughs> it was on a different planet. All my friends were there raving for me. There were probably three, 400 people at this party. Everybody dressed in a better costume than the rest. Mine was 20, I mean, a couple of hours I made this thing. I pulled it off. I had the cards that I handmade, that I was handing out. We got second place in the costume contest. Walter White
1: from Breaking Bad. There was was a guy in there
0: in tidy, whitey underwear. I could have done that. He had tidy, whitey underwear on, okay? Yeah. And he had a bag of this blue-looking ice, which was meth, and he had a gas
1: mask. That's terrible. That's all he had. That was terrible.
0: Dude, there was a guy there who was like the Terminator or that. that, Thank God uh, the Predator. There were so many cool. There was a guy there that had a jacket on. He was kind of like a terrorist, a bomber. Yeah. But it was a Jägermeister machine. He had built so himself. Lazy. And you could give so yourself calm. shots with his bomb, with his bomb backpack.
1: Oh, so. It was and like he didn't. Jäger he got bomb? third place. That's terrible.
0: Jäger bomb. No, it was amazing. He. That was terrible. He engineered this thing with his own two hands. He built this thing from scratch. People have and he got way third, too much time on third that.
1: place. Well, oh, then you know. On that note, I do really enjoy the uh, the binging or the excess diagnosis. Um, thank God you found the, the the Violet Beauregard because when you were describing the costume, yeah. If I'd taken my wife,
0: you know, she has got short hair, I would have looked like a real pedophile.
1: I was gonna say you'd look like a pimp. Like I mean, with the with the <laughs> no. Jacket my and wife the cane is five four.
0: I'm six four. Right. I was two hundred and forty pounds then. She was about one hundred and thirty. She has a little boy. A blonde haircut. She looked about twelve years old, even though she was thirty-five at the time. And I would have been Willy Wonka, the Candy Man. Yeah, that would have gone over well. Yeah. I'm glad we found the blue costume too.
1: Yeah, that's a cool costume. That's pretty cool. Yeah, man. I've got some but photos. I'll have good. to show you.
0: In fact, maybe that'll be the cover of one of our um, little promo pieces that I put out. Put it out there. I'll put, put that one out put there. It out you guys there, look for that one.
1: So what the hell is all this about, man? Like, I, do you, uh, I, I know you're going to get into the psychology of Halloween, but I love the history. I look, I of think this I, day. Yeah, with you, I, is, I is didn't know much about the
0: history. Right, I knew a, that it had something to do with some pagan rituals a long time ago, and that probably the Church of England and/or the Roman Catholics had something to do with it. You know, maybe putting their own spin on it, trying to control the people who believed in these things. But honestly, what I knew about Halloween was basically what I grew up with, right? You go out and... Trick or treat. You beg for candy. <laughs> um, some people give you candy. Some people don't. And the ones who don't give you candy, you you basically smash their pumpkins and run. That, you were a pumpkin I'm smasher? One of the, I was one of the pumpkin smashers.
1: Oh, God. I don't hey, even like Hey, but look, the that's band. easy. That's easy. I don't to, even like the band.
0: Easy to, to clean up, right? I wasn't one of the rollers. I wasn't the house, you know, TPing the house with toilet paper. Did you papers.
1: ever get your house TPed or egged?
0: No, no, not TPed or egged. My house was bombarded with fireworks every time there was an opportunity because my neighborhood friends were Always wanting to war. With one another With fireworks Well so I'll tell we would, you this
1: man I've always hated The trick part of Halloween Oh yeah I mean I have two.
0: Tr- you I, like the treat part better
1: I like the treat part man I've had two black cats You have to keep them inside like, We actually get messages From our vet That say look Make sure your black cat Is inside Because you're worried That somebody Halloween. might Superstitiously misidentified As something dangerous black cat. I mean yeah. people do that man But look The entire history Of the day Is steeped in this idea Of communing Between the physical world And the spirit world Yeah And that's not the here and now that's not versus Catholic, the that's not pagan, that's not Celtic, that's just something human. that is human, right? I yeah, mean, it seems this, that way. This fascination with connecting with the, the deceased, yeah, the it's hard to believe dead. that this is it's all so there awesome. is, right? It it's is. hard
0: to believe, no one wants to believe that this is it. I mean, we'll that throughout most of human so. <laughs> history, we've only been, you know, our life expectancy was probably only what, 35, 35 40? 40 years. So, you know? I mean, come on. Jesus didn't make it but to 33. Again, right. don't want to give too much away for our next uh, or one of the upcoming episodes. No,
1: on. but there's something, I think, innately appealing, obviously, historically, about the idea that there is a way to touch the people who have gone before, mm. to connect with the spirit world. And there's something, I think, even though it's creepy, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Something almost comforting about the idea that the the afterworld, the spirit world, can reconnect yeah. with us. you know It, what if, it lets I, us reconnect with them. Perhaps, yeah. And it also is is comforting just to think that people care, that the yeah. people who aren't here still care. Yeah, psychologically, a little I, narcissistic. I think
0: of it as an opportunity for renewal, yeah. uh, an opportunity maybe to control the uncontrollable or to make more sense out of the senseless. Um, yeah, and you know, Halloween, especially the trick-or-treating the partying the dressing up nowadays in the sexy costumes it kind of represents the opportunity for you at least once a year once a year to be someone that you can't be you know all the other 364 days a year nobody can judge you on halloween if you go out scantily clad right because it's it's just for fun
1: yeah Um, but yeah let's
0: let's get let's get into some of what historians tell us about the origins of halloween i mean obviously as we're talking about this we could probably go back to like the beginning of primates and make the case that, <laughs> you know, all semi-to sentient beings were probably thinking about how to better best control the world and whether or not the world existed when we closed our eyes or when our when our um, bodies were dead. But um, in terms of the the record, yeah, what historians have to go on, and, and this is not a written record, I understand, because the people that we're going to talk about. Didn't actually believe in writing things down; they passed their traditions on orally. But talk about um, the ancient Celts, right? Those, those right. people that lived in Northern Ireland, Scotland, maybe some parts of France, two thousand years ago, set the stage for us.
1: Yeah, well, they had uh, they had Swahin, mm-hmm. right? Which was a day of or Sawin. Sawin, yeah. Saween. Look, don't ask me to pronounce Celtic. <laughs> you you brought me on for history, not, <laughs> not pronunciation. not, not a lexicon. Yeah, uh, give me a break, okay. huh? I mean Welsh Celtic, but look, here's the bottom line: that those, uh, th- those people really believed that during that time period, uh, fairies beings could come back to Earth, and that they would often play tricks or games. Um, some were more devious; some could pose a threat. And so, in order to combat that threat, right, you would dress up. Mm. And it was an attempt to fool the deity, to fool the oh, spirit world, yeah, to disguise world, yourself, to man. disguise yourself as something that was not threatening, that was not human, and that was connected as well to the spirit world. Now, were
0: all of these fairies necessarily bad, or would some of them? No, maybe, not all of yeah. them.
1: Some of them were, uh, you know, some of them were kind, some of them were benevolent. But a lot of times, young people, as young people will do, as you obviously enjoyed doing. Would engage in the same type of game that the deities were believed to be able to engage ah, in.
0: so dress up themselves and go out and prank and.
1: Absolutely, yeah. man! I absolutely, I, I, I love a good prank when it's not somebody doing it to me. When somebody's doing it to me, I absolutely hate that part.
0: Yeah, well, I read somewhere that um, you know, people dressed up like animals and dressed up like other monsters in an effort to kind of ward off these otherworldly, potentially like kidnappers and vandals, you know, terrorists.
1: You have to understand something, okay? When we're talking about these people, we're talking about people, whether they're pagan or Christian or Islamic or Hindu, Mm -hmm. whatever. We're talking about people who are inherently more religious.
0: And more superstitious.
1: I I don't like the word. Religious? I don't don't like the word superstitious because it makes it seem It's judgy, isn't it? It is a little judgy. What I'm saying to you is this. For people who couldn't explain the natural world, Mm. For people whom the spirit world was this is the, the way explanation. way they made sense out of it. And so when we look at it, it's easy to look back and be like, ha, 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 how funny. They believe that you could control weather by, you know, um, burying four beans in a, a certain field at a certain time and doing a dance and slaughtering a goat. Mm. Okay, yes. But, you know, we can make anything seem silly with language. I'm sure you've done it. We can make uh yeah, we can make the belief in in Catholicism, Christianity, seem really stupid with language. Mm-hmm. Language is a clumsy vehicle for describing what was really going on, and superstition is really not the word I would use. For these people, magic was okay, very much okay, a it. part of their life.
0: I get it. It was a I've part been, of their life. I've been thoroughly reprimanded.
1: You're Well, you're welcome.
0: Forgive me. I'll forgive you for mispronouncing Samhain, and you forgive me for <laughs> these judgments that I've made on a people... Two three thousand years ago, the Celts, for whatever reason, believed that as we know it, Halloween night they called it Samhain was a time when the veil between this world and the other world was the thinnest, and it yes. was a time when the harvest was over. Yes, and so it's time to maybe burn the stalks, start hunkering down, maybe slaughter some animals because your winter's coming. Right. Yep. To use the Game of Thrones reference, winter's coming.
1: I've never seen it. And
0: so we're going to commune with the spirits that night, fairies and whatever else that are roaming the earth at the time. We're going to commune with them. This kind of makes me think about the story of Jack. Yeah. I'm not sure if it began 2,000 years ago, but I'm pretty sure the story of Jack, it's a, it's a fairy tale. It's been written about several times, which I found that it's attributed to Irish folklore, but... The story goes that Jack was just a average, you know, Irish guy, and he was a little mischievous. And the devil actually tried to cut a deal with him, and uh, Jack even outsmarted the devil until, of course, finally the devil got to him. The devil was like, "I'm a little afraid to let him come live with me because, you know, this guy is mischievous." So the devil just kind of threw these hot, hellish embers at him. Jack put them inside his carved turnip.
1: Oh yeah. And
0: walked around with this lantern, roaming the earth forever. He couldn't go to heaven, he couldn't go to hell. He just kinda roamed around. And this became known as Jack O'Lantern or Jack of the Lantern. Uh, some people even refer to him as stingy Jack. (laughs) (laughs) But maybe, you know, that's where the Jack o' Lantern, the carving of the pumpkin gourds, you know, originated. It seems that many of the of the Rituals that we engage in mindlessly today, 2023, from the dressing up to the carving of the jack o' lantern to the trick or treating, in some way, shape, or form, can be traced back to this Celtic sort of festival. This this time of marking the harvest.
1: Well, I think that's certainly true. Ago. I think that's certainly true. Um, but we can't
0: blame them completely, right?
1: Well, we're not blaming them. We enjoy the. Day, don't no, you? but we can't.
0: We can't attribute. Everything that we do. And certainly yeah. not the sexy costumes and the uh we'll get into the you and all I the talk tricks.
1: To you about these sexy That's a psychological But we costumes. can't we can't
0: attribute everything to the Celts two, three thousand years ago. As much as I'd like to because I know my ancestors were some of those first uh, sufferers of the potato famine who came really? here. Who came yeah, yeah. There were about five hundred thousand of them I think that came across in the first wave wow. during the potato famine. Two million people were affected, but my ancestors were some of the first ones over.
1: Yeah, let me throw a little knowledge drop on yeah, people. Yeah, please do. Irish people mm. are the only ethnic group in the world mm-hmm. where the majority of their ethnic population does not live in their ancestral homeland. Right. Isn't that amazing? Yeah,
0: and I'm one of them. I'm living proof. Yeah. not sure that I was Irish. I was probably more Scottish, but, you know, in that they're same not, general area. Same was, like, I'm a Celt.
1: You're a Celt. You're Celtic. Celtic. Okay, so you're not Irish. Which right?
0: is why I can pronounce "Sáwin." Oh,
1: well, wow. Do it again. Samhain. That's hot. Well done, Samhain. sir. And well you know,
0: Sowin. by the way, I'm going to see uh, how good Nelson is with spelling, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, how would you spell Sowin?
1: S-W-A-N-H-I-A-N.
0: <laughs> S-A-M-H-A-I-N. Okay. Sawin. Well, I went crazy. Doesn't enough. sound at all like it's spelled.
1: Of course not. But it's that's Celtic. those crazy Celts. Would you? Uh, well, I mean, we're sitting across from one, so... Yeah, sure are. No, but, no, but I was I, thinking I, about... What, um, I, what, I, what I was going to say, though, The church. Was, yeah, go back yeah, to the no, church. No, 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 no. Well, I mean... A lot of when, when we talk about communing with the spirit world today, you know, even though we might not be Christian, we do so from a Christian perspective. There's a, an element of fear. People weren't necessarily afraid. There wasn't necessarily something sinister associated with the day. In fact, there wasn't anything sinister associated with Saween or mm-hmm. these other early pagan traditions. It's not until we get into Christian traditions that it becomes sort of scary.
0: Yeah. Isn't that something? The Christians, you know, they're they're trying to convert people, trying to, I guess, maintain or maybe even accrue power across their empire, right? Right. Those pesky Catholics. Uh, what do they do to the to the um, to the Celts?
1: Well, so first of all, they they the missionaries take, go
0: over they and take
1: the day, and this happens, and we see this not just with Christian traditions, but with other um, with other examples of conversions where. Colonization. The the, the the dominant group is trying to cultivate support among. Yeah, we they, got, we've got we've got nice names the, yeah. for it,
0: right? It's uh, it's not it's it's. Um,
1: <laughs> You're gonna say indoctrination?
0: No, no, no. There's <laughs> nicer names. I learned this in the diversity of psychology class in graduate school.
1: Uh, yeah. But but what they would do is say, okay, well, look, we're a smaller group. We're trying to convert a larger group. Let's make sure that our traditions, our new holidays, or new ways of doing things mm-hmm. are very similar to the customs of the dominant group. Sure. And so when it came to these traditions, right, they put it around the same day. They went for uh, November 1st. November 1st in the Catholic traditions becomes All Saints Day, right? Yeah. And the day before All Saints Day or All Souls Day becomes the day before or the evening before which is hollow holy eve right so yeah. that becomes halloween, halloween. Yeah. and during halloween what it was believed and it was the same type of idea you know purgatory is a distinctly catholic idea and by the way i'm grateful for it um, baptized catholic <laughs> yeah you don't, don't have to, you not have to, you don't have to, don't I have I to do it
0: all right on the earth amen even brother. after you die preach you go preach. to the waiting room
1: thank god and as long Literally. as you have
0: people that care about you and continue making offerings on your behalf and praying for you you may be able to make your way into heaven.
1: I mean, because I'm sure you and I both sitting here, we've got some venal sins, we've got some yes. mortal sins. We've, I'd like we to think there's to a waiting wait. room, right? There's got to be, right? I'm not
0: Catholic, but you know what?
1: Eternal I, damnation. I
0: do want a waiting room, except I watch Beetlejuice. And that I do like not look true. like a good waiting room. That does not look like a good waiting room. It also, looks fun, but it doesn't look like well, fun as in if you're Beetlejuice. Or
1: fun if you're not eating a shrimp cocktail at the wrong time. Yeah. I do love Beetlejuice. you know who else By likes Beetlejuice? By the way, it's coming
0: back out again, I think there's going to be a Beetlejuice 2 or a well, remake they, of they Beetlejuice.
1: Actually, they actually, there's a Beetlejuice, um, there's a Beetlejuice musical. There's a play. Love it. Yeah. You know who else likes it? Taylor Swift. Lauren Boebert.
0: Okay. <laughs> so, Catholic Church, man, that was a daunting task, right? Converting yeah, these so, Celts. so
1: basically what, what people would do, right, on All Hallows' Eve, before All Saints' Day, is they would go to the home of wealthy people, people who knew they, they knew had relatives who were recently departed, and they say something like this, right? You know, Aunt Mildred, she was okay. Mm. I mean, you know, she she was pretty good. I yeah, mean, yeah. I don't know if she was was heaven good. Now, these uh, are the people
0: that knocked on your door.
1: Yeah, they knock on your door, you know. And, uh, you know,
0: and tell you about I, your relatives. <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm wondering if, well, she was a member of the village. I, yeah, know, yeah, Mildred, yeah. I you know, know Mildred. I so, you know her. Sorry for your loss. You know, but maybe, uh, maybe she needs a little push up the pyramid, you know, Uh, so maybe if uh, a couple of our our fathers, a couple of Hail Marys, some prayers, and you know, also... That's interesting missionary work, isn't it? it, 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 Hey, look.
0: It kind of reminds me of some of the missionaries I've had dealings with throughout my life, people coming and knocking on your door during dinner, you know?
1: Well, they wouldn't just want to knock on your door and interrupt during dinner. they want a piece of the dinner. They'd want some beer. And they'd
0: only come around, I guess, on... October thirty first, right? right, coming on Halloween. Yeah, Week.
1: well, th- that is again. There's this concept. And what in they call that? What they call that, Nelson? All
0: Hallows Eve. No, no, the 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 going around begging and trying to get something in return.
1: Uh, it was souls giving. Souls giving. Souls giving. Souls giving. And so what they would do is they would say, "Well, let me get a." Let me get a biscuit. Let me get a beer. One of those little soul cakes. Let me get a yeah. Let me get a soul cake. Exactly. Coin. Soul cakes were very popular, and they and people would prepare them, knowing that they were coming. And then you would have your your prayers. Uh, just the act of giving was uh, to the poor, because it was the poor who would do this so to the wealthy. Begging, yeah. And just the act of giving to the to the poor, the impoverished, was also a a form of penance that you could do on behalf of your dead relative mm-hmm. in purgatory, and hopefully, again, the idea is to get them up into the. Into the big, yeah. the big room, the fun room. Yeah. So,
0: And, of course, Catholics didn't get rid of their celebrations or their days. They just kind of added to them, right? They still had All per- uh, Saints Day. All Saints Day. They, on November 1st. And they still had All Souls Day, November 2nd. Right. And uh, I'm assuming that people went out probably November 2nd, too, souling. It makes sense to me yeah, to go out and it, it wasn't, maybe even uh, beg then.
1: Now, uh, the, the costumes, the, the, the costumes were not a part of this tradition, but mm-hmm. there, there certainly wasn't like a five to seven p.m. time frame like we have now. Right. People in that time period weren't governed by the hours of the day. Yeah, or no the trunk or treating week, right? Yeah, you didn't have to wait to get mean, off work. And to your point earlier, this is a fallow time. This isn't a time the harvest is done. It's done. Um, and when you get into you said slaughter animals usually the slaughters would take place sometime a few weeks later mm-hmm. right um, you don't only have fresh meat but like it, the seems like, it seems like it seems like you kill two
0: birds with one stone right like you're poor you're gonna slaughter your animals but you can also say hey I'm sacrificing them for the uh, for the <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah well that was that was the case with uh, and and by the way you know to your point that's why you had a pagan celebration shortly after the winter solstice mm-hmm. was because you are you were about to run out of fresh meat yeah your your fresh meat was about to go and, you and you'd still some... have meat but it would be cured yeah. it would be you know smoked it would be preserved some way um yeah, but yeah.
0: so initially you know when the soling was happening it was it was poor um adults beggars uh and then it then it turned to children going out right and and begging and offering performances, right? Yes. Reciting poetry. Yes. And then, it. of course, as, as kids will do. There's your treat. As kids There's will do. Treat. If you don't get the right treat, you don't get the right cake or the right coins, hey. you, you maybe you look, play a little trick.
1: Look, 364 days out of the year, uh, kids are punished yeah. for X, Y, or Z, right? Yeah. Across the country. But for one day, one if day you don't do the riot, vandalize, play tricks. Exactly. For one day, you get to, uh, you get a pass.
0: Well, I'm, I'm I don't think it was the 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 Celts the Celtic children that really gives the word trick. It's it's umph. Uh, it would be a little later before we would see um, kids, you know, turning to delinquency and and vandalism and other kinds of things. And that would that would take place, I think, more in America than maybe anywhere. Yeah, but, America. Um, and, but I wanted to move to the medieval period.
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, let's if we do could it.
0: talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Is there anything about you know the Middle Ages or medieval Europe that you can think of that might, in some way, inform the Halloween as we know it today?
1: Well, I'm not really sure what you're getting at. What what part in particular?
0: Well, I guess I was thinking about you know the fact that the Pope during the Middle Ages, was probably not completely convinced that he had everybody on board when it comes to Catholicism. By that point, was losing a lot of potential converts, competing against Church of England and Protestantism and obviously all of the pagans still. And so we turned to witch-pricking, we turned to uh, identifying yeah, heretics sure, sure. And, Putting well, them through their paces. and
1: Sure. Uh, you know, that's such a good point. And they point. happen to be I'm women, so right? Witches happen up. to be women. I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up because, I mean, what symbol, right, mm-hmm. is more connected to Halloween?
0: Besides the black cat and the jack-o'-lantern?
1: Well, the black cat is part of the witch thing. Yeah,
0: that's true. Because well, black a cat, lot of black... a lot of... Broomstick. Absolutely. And these the symbols. witch.
1: Did you know there's an... <laughs> I mean, I don't know how true it is or what impact it had, mm-hmm. but... And I think we talked about this when we talked about pets. There was a period shortly before the outbreak of the Black Death in Europe in 1347 Mm -hmm. where the Pope ordered the destruction of black cats. Oh, wow. Um, And there was one area uh, in Poland that really is like, "Eh, we like black cats. Uh, Poland was much less affected by the Black Death than other areas. And a lot of people think the virulence that the Black Death visited upon Europe in particular, as opposed to when the Black Death moved across the steppe in Asia, through China, through the Middle East, it wasn't quite as virulent, but it was really amped up in Europe. And a lot of people thought that maybe that had to do with the fact that there were no cats to kill the mice that were carrying the fleas that were infecting the people.
0: mm makes sense
1: i don 't know to what extent that's true, but here's the bottom line as we advance in society as we advance uh, technologically in terms of our understanding of science in the west that 's when you see the the hangings, the executions, and the uh, accusations of witchcraft and I think it's funny, and I think it's important that you brought it up the way you did it 's when the Catholic Church is becoming less dominant that we see this push of heretic, um Which is yeah, independent thought, heresy, right? Mm-hmm, this all idea, those terms. Exactly. That concept They of, don't come from a place of theological um, or right. scientific ignorance. It's not just about converting it's political you. Anymore. weakness it's That's political become weakness. that becomes sort of a motivating factor in identifying these people as different as other as scary.
0: Yeah. Well, to put a finer point, if I could, and please put a little more meat on the bones regarding the medieval period, right, I think about the Pope Innocent VIII, 1486, 1487. He was concerned about losing power, right? And he he obviously wanted to make a statement. What he did was he hired a couple of charlatans, a couple of guys, Springer and Kramer, to write a book that would help people, priests, bishops... The, the, the power brokers in the Catholic Church better recognize who were, in fact, heretics. And this book that was written by these charlatans who were just well, out to make a dollar was, was called Malleus Maleficarum. Malificarum. Yeah. I only know Malleus because that's Latin for hammer, and we have three little bones in our inner ear called the Malleus, the anvil, and the stapes. Yeah, At the any the rate, or incus, 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 Malleus, Incus, and stapes, which is the hammer, the anvil, and the Stirrup. At any rate, yeah. Hammer of witches. Interestingly enough, when you look at this book, you see that it's a how to spot a witch guide. It's a witch pricking guide. Yeah. And it's it's unapologetically like anti-female. It's unapologetically anti-poor and, and anti anyone other than Catholic. I
1: think. And that so some was of the society te- in the Some of the years.
0: yeah, but some of the um, techniques that were employed. Uh, When someone was looking for a witch, thanks to this how-to guide, they were, man, talk about macabre. Uh, This wasn't Halloween night. This was every day, right? This was, you know, throw someone in the water. If they sink, uh, well, weight them down first, throw them in the water. If you suspect a woman of of witchery, witchcraft, throw her in the water. Weight her down. If she sinks, she was a uh, a Catholic. If she floats, she's a heretic and burn her. Yeah,
1: they they would.
0: Heads I win, tails you lose. Um,
1: This is something that's called trial by ordeal, okay? Mm -hmm. And this was a common medieval tool, especially in areas where there wasn't a robust system of justice. Guilty until proven innocent. But here's the thing. this is, You know, I talked to some of my students about this. They would pull them out. The, mm. I mean it makes, it makes it more they would they would actually pull them out, but they would still try them out. Another thing you would do in terms of and, and the idea here is that but it was
0: almost exclusively women oh, yes. who were accused Yes at that time and it idea. was uh, disproportionately poor, maybe unmarried yes um, yes and and yeah, they really they really refer to them as witches. yes,
1: yeah. and, and they would also do things like force them to grab a pebble. Mm-hmm. Um, out of a vat of oil, boiling yeah. oil. And the idea was you would bandage the witches or the accused's hands. Mm-hmm. And if they were innocent, the hand would be bandaged. Three days, five days later, it would be unwrapped. And you would look, okay, well, what's going on? Um, Is there an infection? How's yeah. this healing? And if it was healing well, you were innocent. Mm-hmm. If it was healing poorly, it was a sign that you were guilty and it's funny because this is an age where this line of thinking is is dying out i mean we're you know you said the 1480 we're just we're on the cusp of the enlightenment right we're on the cusp of the enlightenment and the scientific revolution of the 1600s and we're still you know sort of lost here Yeah, we're still in the dark ages i mean getting a little bit brighter
0: but still very much dark
1: still very married to these old antiquated ideas of God's justice um, of science. And I I didn't know if people could see my air quotes, but I hope they heard my air quotes. For science. Yeah, science. Yeah, that's how you air quote on the air.
0: (laughs) Well, listen, we'll take a break and uh, we'll move a little closer to what we consider modern day Halloween. Modern day Halloween.
1: Let's talk about some of these costumes and what they mean.
0: Slab began to rise, and
1: suddenly, to my surprise, he did the, match. He did the monster match For those
0: who just joining us, we're talking about the history and evolution of Halloween. Boo! For those that have been with us, um, we were talking on the other side about the early origins of Halloween, the superstitions, the fascination with the dead, maybe the nascent um, or beginnings of trick-or-treating with the souling, as it was referred. But when, Nelson, would you say that it became more of a formal thing, a thing in and of itself? When did Halloween become, well, for all intents and purposes, the Halloween that we know it today?
1: Fun. Yeah. yeah when did it become fun, more fun? Fun, scary. You know, it took some time. I mean... You know, in, the, in other the, words,
0: when did it become less about, like, the dead and and having to work for the dead, yeah, yeah. move people from purgatory on
1: until the fun I, that th- it is I, now? I think it was, you know, two things had to happen. A, you know, religion and society had to evolve, and, and economics had to evolve. And let me explain what I mean by that. In the 1600s and early colonial America, the 1700s, children were meant to be seen, not heard. They were little adults. They wore little suits. They were told that they were burdens— undutiful ungrateful children were the children of satan mm-hmm. you know this was this was this is before, before dr spock
0: way mm-hmm. before
1: spock this was the messaging that they would receive heavily disciplined when we get into let's say america right in the mm-hmm. 1840s and the 1850s in particular the 60s and 70s we have a growing middle class we have a, an economy that's rapidly changing a country that's industrializing in 1870, you had two-thirds of Americans making their living through farming. By 1890, that's changed to two-thirds in factory payroll jobs. With all this money, with the way in which things are changing and the growing middle class, you can indulge your children yeah, a little bit more. kids can be a little more like kids. Kids can be kids, right? They can have tricks. Did you ever eat tricks? No. You better not know. They're only for children.
0: But they had time to play tricks, too.
1: They had time to play tricks. and or They just were play. encouraged to do something. Like families, like middle-class families, like the Lincolns uh, are a really good example of this. They really indulge their children. Like their kids would drive a donkey through the White House. They'd play all these crazy games. And, you know, if you extrapolate that out to society at large, this extra income, this, you know, like I, I think we were talking earlier, kids were field hands before this. Mm-hmm. Um, they had to work, be yeah. an extra pair of hands. The family was the economic unit, and the kids were very much a part of it. In this period, they're not as much for mm-hmm. as many.
0: So they got some idle time now. They
1: got some idle time and idle time is more the, the, devil's dev- time. <laughs> the devil's time, right? Idle hands are the devil's plaything, mm-hmm. and so these kids would go and they'd do crazy kid stuff. And then you know, for one night of the year, it sort of became formalized. Whereas once you might, uh, you know, sing a song for a cookie or you know offer a hail mary for for Aunt Mildred and get a treat. Now you can just sort of be a kid, yeah. So the sort of, so the sort treats of the, the, kind
0: of turn to tricks.
1: The trick in and of itself kind of becomes the, the treat, treat for yeah. the kid. And the, for the kids family, get to, uh, yeah, you the have kids, a chuckle right. Yeah, the kids I mean they would do things during this time period. They'd take gates off of of, um, of fences and like put them in a tree. They yeah. would lock people in their houses. Um,
0: Gate night. And
1: I think you'd be a little pissed. But, you might. But, I mean... Of course, you, that's
0: still kind of good fun. If, if
1: you woke up in your house and you were locked in, I mean, wouldn't you have a bit of a chuckle? If nothing was stolen and nothing happened, you'd be pissed for like an hour. Yeah, then. or if like, they tied
0: your had tied your door to, you know, the neighbor across the hall's door, and neither one of you could get out. That is hysterical. That is so uh, fun. That's
1: fine. I would have done that as a kid. That would have yeah, been Yeah, I probably done that. But that, that's yeah. sort of how it becomes fun. Yeah. And then by the time you get into the early 1900s, you're actually starting to see it formalized
0: mm-hmm. but then around 1920 it's become more sinister it's become more delinquent at least in america right
1: yes yes it, uh, it, well in america what's going in on North there america
0: why, why are the kids now well i guess why, why are the kids now well,
1: going you, again, out and you, you have to engaging put in vandalism in, you, you and you have to put everything in its context right uh, we refer to the 1920s as the Roaring 20s, right? Mm-hmm. Americans were, um, you know, done with with war. Mm-hmm. Um, the election of Warren G. Harding represented what we called a return to normalcy, and Americans just wanted some gin, some jazz, and a good old fashioned good time. Mm-hmm. You know, and
0: kids are probably wanting the same thing. They're
1: wanting the same thing, but they can't it, get those it, things. It was so. a, it was a, it it was a time of fun and indulgence and. Uh, you know, it was like the 1990s without TV. Mm. Um, and when I say TV, what do I mean? I mean great TV Yeah. and great movies and great music. Hashtag 90s. But <laughs> um, the 1920s were a time with a lot of excess, you know, in the economy. And a lot of times that translates to, you know, and you, and you can go back in Roman times and see sort of the same thing where if there's a lot of available time and excess people invest that in entertainments and enjoyments and that's certainly true with children you know uh, earlier civilizations the focus was never on the children it was on the ancestor mm-hmm. uh honoring the ancestor honoring the elder and that's true still in western or eastern civilizations yeah. today by the time you get to the 1920s in the west it's all focus on the kids yeah and so when there's excess the kids are going to take advantage they're going to have a little fun and so i think that Excess made the formalization of a night um, where we could play games, dress up, be all of us. We could all be children. Um, I think that made that process much more easier. And that's exactly what we see in Canada in the 1920s and 30s, Mm -hmm. the process of trick-or-treating. And it moves to the U.S. Mm -hmm. as a way of sort of controlling some of the broader mischief that we wanted to address. Yeah,
0: because prior to formalized trick-or-treating, I mean, these pranks, these juvenile sort of stunts, um I don't want to say they turned into what we think of as the the purge. You, you remember that movie series? I love the purge. Yeah, but at the same time there were um across America, particularly in um you know, urban urban settings there were accounts of vandalism. There was accounts of theft. There were yep. accounts of assault.
1: Yeah, it's I not mean being it, it became fun. Yeah, yeah when
0: people are being, you know, pushed down or uh, maimed or yeah. And I understand that at least two things happened. First, there were government officials who said, "Look, we gotta we gotta get a hold of this. I mean, we can't let kids just sort of run roughshod throughout the cities. Right. We've got to figure something out." So they created these committees and they. Uh, put these manuals out for people to host parties and to kind of take some of the uh, delinquency out of the night, they thought. Right, right. Right. Communities could sort of get together and host parties or maybe create these little, what we might think of today as haunted walks or haunted houses. Kids would be invited in the neighborhood to come over. The next house, maybe after they had gone through a haunt in one house, they could go to another one and get maybe some treats and then maybe go to another one and have some drinks and a bonfire and then also we've got the Great Depression right 19 uh, 29 29 30 here it is in earnest and now all of a sudden we got to really really tighten up the the belt and we've got to really focus on the war effort no well, candy in the late 30s. Can't, can't add we can't we can't be you know trading and buying and giving candy away for Halloween we can't allow people to break shop owners windows we can't have all these pranks where people are going around at night knocking on doors and running away, because, I mean, we've got to focus on this war effort.
1: Yeah, wars change so much outside of the political impact that they ultimately have. And just as an example, another example, after World War II, we're really going to see a formalized Halloween process, a formalized trick-or-treating process. Leading up to World War II, people never showered. Uh, Mm. Well, I'm sorry, that's not true. They They showered. They showered once every three days. It was thought unhealthy and unclean to shower Mm -hmm. every day. Soldiers that came back from World War I were, you know, in the... In the trenches, you were encouraged to clean daily, mm-hmm. and that became habitual. And they would come back from World War One. and People, well, but pretty like, what superfluous you, if you're
0: what, not in the trenches. Yeah,
1: when people would look at them like, "Is that um, are, is that a, necessary? Are you okay? Like, is that a problem?" <laughs> yeah. And then um after World War Two, it was the same thing. Soldiers would shower as often as possible to stay clean, and they brought that home with them. Yeah. And I think it was just. You know, so many more service members and a closer time period. And after that, everybody started showering. I mean, yeah. wars have these strange impacts that we won't we don't really associate with the conflict itself, but are very no, much no. It can part lead it. to
0: really fast cultural changes, can it? Yes, in a, a way that we always that...
1: focus on technology and politics, but the cultural changes are really big, and they're yeah. there. Yeah, and Halloween is kind of another one of those. Well, it, yeah, it's it, gone
0: through several iterations, it, but I mean... It goes
1: away before the war, and then... Yeah, a lot of pent-up though, demand, right? A lot, a lot of, of pent-up, pent-up demand for the
0: candy and the pranks and the partying and the fun. And, and then, of course, the war is over. Yep. Uh, 1945, five five, war's over, and people come home. Yep. And there are parades. We can now start uh, indulging a little bit more. Kids uh, are invited now to wear different kinds of costumes for Halloween. Yep. They're encouraged to go out and trick-or-treat, take their pillowcase and their superhero costume out and you know, trick-or-treat. The,
1: the, the costumes say a lot, too, about yeah, society, they do. don't they? Well, it was, it was, was Minnie most, Mouse
0: and it was Zorro was and most, a cowboy yes. up until the 1940s or 50s. Then in the 1940s and 50s, the powers that be realized, wait a minute, we can we commercialize can this. Thing. We can monetize everything. We can make these little candies so that people don't have to spend time making soul cakes We can create costumes so you don't have to make them yourself. And we can make every costume you can imagine. Kids can be a comic book character, a superhero, right? They can be anything
1: they want. I, I can't tell if that process ruins Halloween or creates it.
0: Well, it's like asking did the paper plate and the paper cup and paper napkins ruin dinner time?
1: No, but they certainly ruined picnic time.
0: Allegedly, it saved women from having to spend so much time in the kitchen cleaning up.
1: So let's talk a little bit about some of these costumes since we're getting into the modern era of Halloween. What is your costume? uh, What was your best costume ever? Do you remember it? What was
0: it? Well, I mean, as an adult, I've got several favorites. Um, Do you still dress up? Oh, yeah. I still make a big deal out of it. I, I live in a neighborhood, as you may or may not know, that does it up on Halloween. I don't want to put it it out. I'm watching. I don't want to put it out for the public here, but we've got a pretty big Halloween celebration. Most of the houses in my neighborhood go all out. We have giant candy stations at the ends of cul-de-sacs. We order pizza. We, you know, we have bonfires in the streets. Uh, Sometimes we have haunted houses and other kinds of things, just hundreds, sometimes thousands of trick-or-treaters come through our neighborhood. Thousands? Yes, thousands. Wow, that's pretty good. Back when I first moved here eight years ago, one of the streets called Scare Street had like a Walking Dead theme, and they had trucks and old ambulances, fog machines, dozens of people dressed up as the Walking Dead. And Every 20 or 30 minutes, you would hear the Thriller theme song, and about 15 to 20 people would come out of their houses crawling across the ground into this one guy's yard that was turned into a cemetery for the night, and they were doing choreographed thriller dances.
1: Seems indulgent.
0: It was over the top. In fact, I'll tell you how over the top it was. When I asked the guy who coordinated all this, how much does this cost you, man? Why do you do this? And he said, listen, I didn't plan to do this. He said, but when my kids were small, I did a little something. And then the next year I had to better it because they expected more and they were getting older and I couldn't, I couldn't um, impress them unless I went bigger and bigger. When I first moved in, he was building these haunted houses out of pallets. He was a builder. He is mm-hmm. a builder, by the way. He said he was spending ten thousand dollars on just his yard. Wow, now that's crazy. The next year or two, they weren't going to do it. He said instead they were going to all meet at Disney, the whole street. He said it was cheaper to fly and spend a weekend at Disney.
1: It's probably a better use of money. Um, and it was it was, <laughs> was sad. It, what, what, we, we went
0: we, we went over to Scare Street uh, a year or two after we moved here, and it was just completely pitch dark.
1: So what was your costume? What was your go-to costume?
0: Uh, man, I was Donald Trump back in 2015.
1: Okay. Is that your go-to? No. You have a favorite costume?
0: I mean, that was a pretty good one, was dude. was a good one. I was uh, did you do the a living thing? dead. Oh, yeah, I did all. I was a living dead. A zombie? Uh, something like a zombie. More like a, the Day of the Dead character. Okay. Um, a living dead. I was also a crash test dummy one year. Oh, I which is like pretty that. cool. I had a like seatbelt that. that would blink around me and... All I these love that stickers.
1: song, The Crash's dummy song. You know,
0: yeah. Once
1: mm-hmm. you it's actually, that song? yeah, it's actually
0: called. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's what it's called. Once mm-hmm. there was There's this
0: girl, girl who <laughs> parents did. made her come right home from <laughs> school. Right. <Yeah>. Well, <laughs> um, that's a good one. I love that song. Uh, as a kid, my favorites were my favorite characters at the time. Some Star Wars character, He Man, GI Joe, and it was cool. Like because for ten or fifteen dollars, you could go to the store and get the little cheaply made costume and complete with a little plastic oh, mask yeah, that you yeah, yeah, stick yeah, over true. your face with a yeah. little rubber thing that would hold it on. And yeah, you could be anything you want. Of course, yeah. they didn't last very long. They were cheaply it, made. Again, it was the paper plate version of a Halloween costume.
1: Yeah, As, as a kid, I was but always... It was fast,
0: man. It was fast. You could get one, anything you wanted pretty quickly. Yeah, um, yeah. It took a lot of the pain... An effort out of Halloween, it made it just again continue with that idea of fun the and kid, the candies. I say, uh, man, I mean the candy options—atomic fireballs, dude. I hated those things. God, I love them, man. Ugh, and like then, hot. of course, as I got older, well,
1: you said we and did moved the, into the a episode. You like the hot
0: stuff, yeah? But as I got older, moved into more affluent neighborhoods, had my own kids eventually, and moved into an even more affluent neighborhood, I realized that man. Despite the fact that Halloween should be a time of fun and carefreeness, it's a burden nowadays. You got to have the right candy. Kids want, at least in my neighborhood, they expect the full-size candy bar. They expect to be scared when they come into your yard. You can't can't just like come to the door in your regular clothes. You need to be dressed like a character. You you know occasionally put a cauldron out front. I've got a fog machine that smokes around the cauldron. I put gummy worms and other kinds of fishing lures like like worms in the cauldron i have beer and coolers for the parents I go all out for halloween
1: yeah and
0: my neighborhood does the same thing and we we spend three four five hours partying in the street and walking around the neighborhood with our wagon and our beer and yeah
1: i i uh kids
0: bring back a
1: i had a um,
0: serious amount of candy
1: I always was a for, we always did the pillowcase. Mhm. I mean, once you're past 8 if you're walking around with anything, anything under a pillowcase then you got a problem. You always have to run, that's important, you know. I got to run house to house to There g- was always a scheme, there was always a method that we mm-hmm. kids employed in order to maximize Yeah,
0: efficient, man. Got to be efficient. There's
1: there's a battle plan. Don't
0: run in straight lines. You got to you got to go diagonally.
1: Yeah, only a fool just goes without a plan. Man, did
0: you did you ever uh trade or sell any of the candy? Oh,
1: most assuredly. Yeah, so some I, of the some of the big some of the big winners on Halloween
0: would take the excess candy to school and sell it.
1: I was always a I was a vampire because it was easy to maneuver in a vampire costume. Very that's, little effort that's a good there. Point never thought and about that. And it's always that. scary, right? Mm-hmm. Now, as an adult, I've done and you things. could always turn
0: to the bat and fly from house to house.
1: There you go. <laughs> as, a, uh, as an adult, I've done things. I've had a, uh, been a person who's been run over by a car, which is fun. Mm. I was a I'm a big Red Sox fan, so I was a giant Red sock. I just went to Michael's and bought two giant pieces of yeah, cloth. Little a Little lame. It was a winner. But I
0: mean, I'll tell you what. Talk about being lazy and lame. There are, yeah, at, least the other, are, there are horrible, at least two other. There are at least two other things you can do to be lazier and lamer. Uh, like, One is when you engage in cultural appropriation or misappropriation. Blackface.
1: That's not lazy or lame. That's, that's just It's lazy and lame thing. and awful. And
0: then there's also the lazy lame of just you know putting a pasty over your breast or putting a sock on your walking around and you know pretending to be a nudist or something like that that's lazy and lame
1: yeah but i think regardless of what costume you pick i mean yeah I, it is weird that people can bring their own well, put racism. a little effort into it put right put a little put effort, a little into effort. It. That, again like my friend like my pick, friend
0: and guest a few weeks ago said you know the reason why some of these um middle-aged white comics are being Me Too'd or being um called out
1: isn't be-
0: isn't because of woke culture it's because they're lame, and they don't put any effort, and they haven't written a new joke in years, and they think they can just continue recycling this racist garbage from the past. And likewise, we think we can just paint our face black or walk around with a guitar and a hat and pretend to be in a mariachi band. I mean, you can do that, but it's gross, lame, lazy. It's cheap.
1: Well, I don't like— And likewise, going
0: completely nude or going semi-nude, Is pretty cheap and lame, too. You can do it, but but it's lame. That's why
1: I don't like the sexy costumes. It's sexy kitty, sexy nurse, sexy, sexy turn-up. I I mean, whatever. I don't like the sexy costumes. But I
0: get it. I get it at the same time. You know, Elvira is a great example of the sexy costume. Remember Elvira?
1: Yeah, but she wasn't a sexy costume. She was just... Well, no, that was a character
0: she created. I know it was a character. Her her real name was Cassandra, and she had been burned as a kid, and she had low self-esteem and didn't like the way she looked, and she sort of dolled herself out and, and put on this character to kind of take control of her sexuality. And, you know, it 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 got her some gigs. And, in fact, when Coors Brewing Company came along and hired her to be their spokesperson, it changed everything for both Coors and for Elvira.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: Coors, Coors was jealous because other beer companies had, like,
1: you so know, th- the Super
0: Bowl, and they were like, what, what holiday could we have? And they picked Halloween.
1: So do the psych thing then. Do the psych yeah. guy thing. Tell me what it is about the allure of dressing up, of being somebody yeah. that you're not. Mm. And and I think, again, I think there's a connection forever. Halloween's been connected to the macabre, to the dark, to mm-hmm. the sinister. But I don't really feel that that's as dominant as it was, not nearly as dominant oh, as it no. was. What is it about just dressing up and being something or someone? Well, man, I don't
0: think or our fears are the same today as they were, right? In fact, I think our fears have become more adult-like versus childlike. Our fears have become more mean? rooted in the here and now versus the afterlife. Well, prior to 1980, 1970, costumes were, you know, again, witches. Vampires. Vampires, Frankenstein. Yeah, cowboys. Maybe some superheroes. Right, superheroes. Today, it seems that we dress up like political characters, and I think you want to talk about that a little bit, the political well, costumes yeah. and masks. Oh, yeah. but um. We, we dress up like political characters. We dress up like our Hollywood uh, favorites. Well, you I can know, tell there'll you be a lot of Taylor Swifts out there this year, I bet you.
1: Donald Trump was your scariest yeah, costume. Yeah, exactly.
0: It's, it's about, in my opinion, it's about taking control or finding some kind of sense of control for that which you don't control. And again, before the 1970s and 80s, we were obviously more concerned about death and the macabre and the unknown and maybe it was war, maybe it was religion that was doing this. Then nineteen seventies, nineteen eighties, you've got counterculture. You've right. got women's right movement, second wave feminism, you've got anti war, you've got sort of a
1: So you don't a, see the a, a sexy rebirth of, kitten sexy nurse as like uh um, you, you are you saying it's more empowering or more, more empowering like taking control of your yeah, sexuality more empowering. rather than demeaning
0: yeah absolutely right it's the idea that i can be anything i want to be at least for one night and really nobody's going to judge me but again it gives me an opportunity to play to role play and and who are we role playing now we're role playing things that maybe we don't understand or that we can't be in our normal lives or that we're afraid of in our normal lives or that we can't we're we're role playing some of these untouchables again Taylor Swift. Are you um, afraid of Taylor no, Swift? No, <laughs> but I'll never be as famous or as rich or as pretty as Taylor Swift. But for one night, I can do things maybe to make myself feel that way. Sure. I'll never be as powerful. I'll never be president. But for one night, I can be—you know, I can put on a mask and be President uh, Obama or Biden or whoever's the president at the time. But um, there is
1: still that creepy element. And what is the appeal there? Like, I'm, I'm driving up and down your neighborhood. The and, macabre, the occult. You know, I'm almost urinating in my front seat. Oh, I mean, the, the, it is yeah, freaky the, here. The, the, the,
0: yeah, I mean, so, the fascination, is, fascination is, with the death doesn't die easy.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, it's, you think we, that we, we, will
1: always be a part of Halloween, Probably.
0: Right? We like being spooked. We like being startled, uh, again. But it's it's controlled, right? Like, you know, some of the fun parts of Halloween, both as a kid and an adult, has and probably will for this uh, always be the scary movies. Halloween, John oh, Carpenter's yeah. Halloween, or certain music. Uh, thriller comes to mind. Um certain uh, pieces of pop culture like the Simpsons doing their Halloween thing every <laughs> Treehouse year.
1: Treehouse um, What are they on, 47 now? And, that's,
0: and again, I don't know if, if it's necessarily a reflection of our beliefs, thoughts, concerns, worries, so much as maybe we've been taken advantage of by media, taken advantage of by the system, right? Like, you know, we may just be parroting back what we've been told or what we've been shown. Um, mm, we didn't We didn't treat Halloween this way 50 years ago. My grandpa never talked about Halloween the way I talk about it now. Uh, now it's house parties, pizza, fires in the street. But are we um, being
1: manipulated or is this all these, something we enjoy? We
0: do enjoy it, but it's a chicken or an egg. Am I enjoying it because I came up with it myself or am I enjoying it because this is what's expected of me, you know? I don't know. I can tell you one thing. It's not my intention to spend the money I spend every year on Halloween or Christmas either, for that matter. And it's interesting that, at least with respect to Christmas, it's been a thing in America so long that we really take it for granted. It's just a time where you're going to spend money. It's a time where you're going to, you know, indulge. But Halloween hasn't always been like that, not even in my lifetime, certainly not in my grandpa's lifetime. I spend a ton of money on Halloween.
1: Yeah, it's definitely and it's second, second most. when I was a kid.
0: It's definitely the second most commercial of all holidays in America. Four, excuse me, three billion, I believe, on candy alone. Another three or four billion on costumes. Uh, don't even get me started on movies, television, and all the other stuff. I well, mean,
1: let's, let's transition Probably then
0: $10 billion a year let, spent on Halloween in America. Let's
1: talk about some of this candy. <laughs> let's talk about some of this. First of all, let's start with you. Yeah. What's your favorite? Do you have a favorite?
0: Well, I can tell you one thing. It's not an apple. In fact, I used to get really upset when my parents threatened to give me uh, fruit for Halloween or when they said they were going to give out fruit for Halloween. I didn't want to be the butt of my friend's jokes. I'm like, no, I I I got friends coming over. You got to have the candy. We
1: had a dentist in our neighborhood who gave out floss and toothpaste and toothbrushes. I'm like, no. Well,
0: you know, I mean, it worked a couple of years there, particularly in the 80s when there was this fear over kids oh, that's allegedly being, about. like, yeah. poisoned by certain candy or, or razor blades, razor blades put into not the apples. A thing. Well, it's, it's of not course a it's thing. not a thing. And honestly, I thought that was lame anyway. I remember being an 80s kid. I was seven, eight, nine years old in 1980. And um, my trick-or-treating was in the 80s. That was at the same time as Ronald Reagan. That was at the same time as the evil empire of the Soviet Union. That was at the same time that every day or two I had to do a nuclear Um, drill at at school, put my head underneath my desk. I mean, we were really afraid of nuclear fallout.
1: And stickers. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And stickers and razor blades.
0: I was told you need to beware of those apples with the razor blades, and I'm thinking, I hate apples. You don't ever have to worry about me biting into an apple with a razor blade because I'm not going to bite into an apple. And candies? What kind of candy... Are you people giving out that you can poison? I'm getting the candy bars. I want the candy bars that you can't unwrap and wrap That's back. That's what people were
1: afraid of, man. They were afraid of it, man. I'm I know. My, my,
0: I want to say the hospital, I'm almost certain that the hospital in my hometown in the 80s would open up the door to the public and they could bring their candy in that their kids had picked up and they would x-ray their candy for them.
1: That How about that? So lame. How lame? What a waste of You know, there's time. a
0: guy from, I don't know, University of Delaware or something like that, Joel Best. Joel, I don't know. He's a sociologist. I apologize, Joel, if I'm getting your name wrong and or your school, your affiliation, but he has done probably the most robust investigation across America looking for any evidence of a stranger purposely killing another stranger's kid with Halloween candy. And he's found nothing.
1: <laughs> he has laugh, found, however, so he lame. did find, however, that
0: Anne Landers, yeah. dear Abby, and yep, her sister, yep. the one that started the column, really, really wrote about this in the 1980s. Starting in the 80s he was writing about how, oh, tonight, it's going to be one of the nights people lose their kids. Some kid's going to be killed by Halloween candy. But when he went and looked at some of these alleged reports or cases of it, he find things like, yeah, this guy poisoned his own kid for an insurance policy or this person accidentally was poisoned or it turns out this person didn't actually get poisoned by the candy. They got poisoned by something else or, you know, it was, oh. it was, uh, um, yeah, it was, we were fascinated by, and, and we fell for this conspiracy theory or this, yeah, this urban legend. This hmm. is
1: not the Halloween you have to watch. No. All right. Ever since 1960. Okay. The presidential candidate in an election year who has sold the most Halloween masks. So in 1960, the candidates. Well, the candidates don't actually sell them, but. No, but. Some company makes them them in their image. The likeness likeness, of that candidate. The candidate that sells the most Mm. has won the presidency every single year. Except Except for 2020.
0: When Hillary won. No, Hillary lost. Hillary lost, but there, there were more Hillary masks sold.
1: There were no. There were more. 2016. There were still more Trump masks. Trump. Okay. And then in 2020, 2020 uh, there were more Trump masks sold, and President Biden won. And President Biden won. Yeah. So. Well, honestly, if, it's because if,
0: they probably were wearing the mask that's the scariest.
1: I mean, there's some really good scary mask contenders. I mean, I, I know DeSantis' I, I, campaign I, is, is going down the toilet, but that but would be a scary mask. That would be a
0: scary mask. Who
1: else? Who would you wear? What presidential in your lifetime? What president? Well, I've only ever candidate. won one, and you it was Donald Trump. Trump. Mm-hmm. Okay. Would you wear—what winner would you wear? Well, I guess Trump won. Trump so, won.
0: And honestly, man, it would be kind of creepy, right? The Clinton like,
1: mask was a big seller, right? Yeah. Clinton. But that, that that's like the equivalent of sexy uh, sexy American would.
0: presidents, a scary mask. Probably Abraham Lincoln would be a— a scary one, particularly with someone like me, tall and yeah, lanky pretty, like me. He, he's pretty ugly. Yeah, I mean,
1: he said he was ugly. I'm not just saying that about him; he's saying that about himself. No, he was ugly, but uh, I think he was objectively. But ugly. it's going to be interesting, right, to see what happens in in this election. Maybe we will be sitting here a year from now doing our second Halloween episode, talking about the, we'll the Dean be Phillips about mask. The Dean Phillips effect. I
0: don't know. I doubt Dean Phillips is going to sell that many masks this Halloween or any other.
1: Hey, here's a scary idea for mm-hmm. an episode. Let's put Democrats and Republicans on the couch.
0: Yeah, we should. You know. We should. But uh, Well, listen, uh, how do we sum this up today?
1: Well, you know how we're going to sum it up. We're going to sum it up how we always sum it up, my friends. We're going to diagnose Halloween. Uh, And, you know, I mean, there's so many opportunities here. You could definitely do, you know, uh, schizophrenia. Right. Hearing, what you could do some I mean, there's so many different ways you could go. Yeah. But I'm curious about yeah. the psych guy's perspective it. because we've put it on the couch. You are diagnosing mm-hmm. it. One, two, three, sir, go.
0: Well, before I give you my clinical diagnosis, I want to give you my um, economic, political, sort of cultural diagnosis.
1: Give me that first.
0: Halloween represents one of the most successful examples of American. Consumerism that there is. True. I mean, Christmas notwithstanding.
1: True. 100%. And maybe true. even,
0: okay. yeah. And maybe Valentine's Day notwithstanding. Ugh. Successful, man. Very successful. I would
1: say more than Christmas, to be honest with you. Absolutely.
0: Now, in terms of diagnosis, um, I know that Halloween is about a lot of things, um, but what it's about more than anything, in my opinion, is about indulgence. Okay. And Something that represents indulgence, I think of like an eating disorder: binging
1: and purging.
0: Binge eating disorder. That's the way I think about Halloween. I like it. Binging. We binge on. We binge on um, candy. We binge on costumes and parties and movies. It
1: is a day of excess. It's a
0: day of excess. I like like it. Binging. Now again, I am no clinical psychologist. This is just for fun and whimsy. I do not mean to demean or to lessen or cheapen what is a very serious diagnosis in binge eating disorder. This is all in good form, fun, even if it's not in good form. It's I'm being <laughs> metaphorical, I'm being flippant, I'm being silly. Admittedly, I'm not acting as a professional.
1: But you are acting as a person. But who I, I, am Halloween. I am acting. I am. I like it. I like it.
0: Well, Nelson, it's been a pleasure.
1: Look for that one. Look for us um, next week. And And, and yeah,
0: give us a like. Give us a listen. Share.
1: And if it's your thing, please say a prayer from Bob. Yeah, please not do. If it's your thing, then please pass a good thought along for him. Right?
0: Absolutely. Hey, we really appreciate your time and your attention.
1: Trick or treat, everybody. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween.